Welcome to the Natural Physique Podcast with your host, Chris Rendell. Please follow along as I share my journey into natural physique development, drawn from over a decade of training, competing and coaching experience, as well as insights from well-respected guests. This podcast will provide you with valuable knowledge to take your physique to the next level. So without further delay, let's get stuck into the episode. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the Natural Physique Podcast. Just a solo one with me today. Um, normally I just record this, like the audio, but I'm actually recording the video here today just so I can get some clips for Instagram as well. Uh, I do actually plan to upload the guest episodes to YouTube. Uh, personally, whenever I am listening to a podcast, I don't watch the video from it. So that's why I, I usually just upload the audio content onto Spotify and Apple podcasts. Um, but I am planning just to get some, some of the video content up. I think it can be quite entertaining at times as well. Uh, but anyway, today's episode is going to be on how to stay on track with your diet during prep. Um, the reason I'm recording this is not really from bodybuilders, but mainly like people who are outside the sport of bodybuilding who have asked me, how do you stay like so consistent for so long on like a really strict diet? Um, and I think the simple answer to, to that is the fact that it doesn't really feel strict to me. It's enjoyable to me. Uh, and this is the key thing with prep is like a lot of people expect whenever you go on a prep that you have to be eating chicken, rice, broccoli, four or five meals a day. When the reality is, you know, if you try and stick with that for longer than sort of six to seven weeks, you might might have some pretty strong willpower and you might be pretty disciplined, stick to that. But I know for a fact I couldn't do a prep off eating three meals, boring meals, exactly the same sort of food throughout the duration of my prep. Uh, all my meals that I have are enjoyable. Of course, they are full with a lot of whole foods and foods that are going to nourish and um, put me in a good position to perform well at the gym and recover well. Um, but most of my diet is enjoyable and I look forward to all the meals. And that is a key part of your prep is make sure you're not dreading the next meal. Uh, there's going to come point during your prep maybe towards the back end of your prep where everything becomes enjoyable because you know your taste buds are highly sensitive at that stage but in those early stages make sure that you know there's some enjoyability you are looking forward to your meals um, and that way it's going to make the process that much easier and much easier to adhere to as well so that's why I wanted to kind of go on to this I wanted to kind of talk about my experiences, what I think is important for a diet during prep and how, you, how you're actually going to stay consistent in itself. Um, so I think the key point, I think something we need to mention to begin with is the start point. And I'm not talking about the start point of your diet in terms of macros and where you're currently at and where your body fat percentage is at. I'm talking more about um, your understanding of nutrition and perhaps your relationship with food. Um, needs to be in a really good spot i think before you start now if you're noticing sort of disordered eating patterns and you're noticing even like body image issues perhaps a prep might not be the best thing for you like so i'm not really one to say but um obviously you need to be your own judge of that but i would say like bodybuilding could be potentially a slippery slope if you don't go and 
deal with those issues. I know if I had a client on board, um, it's in my best interest to look after the client. Um, so I would suggest that they kind of make sure that they are tackling those issues first before then going into a prep. So that would be the first thing. And then I think generally understanding a little bit about yourself and your own sort of hunger cues, your own satiety cues, because if people are tripping up in that first stage of prep, it's not because they're hungry. It's because there's hedonic hunger there and they're not used to that. Um, so I know for myself, like, uh, when I did my first prep, it was more mainly towards the beginning that I was like, felt quote unquote hungry because, um, it wasn't actual hunger. It's more like hedonic hunger. It's because I was telling myself I couldn't eat these foods. Like I'm doing this process because I need to do it. Like it felt more of a necessity rather than me actually wanting to do it. Um, although I did want to do it, like there was definitely that sort of new experience and it's like, I need to stick to this. I can't go off track rather than the feeling of doing it out of choice. If that makes sense, probably, probably doesn't make too much sense, but the, the more you kind of get into this, like this is my third time or last year was my third time doing it. It's a fact that I'm doing it now out of choice. Like I wouldn't have done it for three times if I wasn't doing it out of my own choice and my own enjoyment. So I think that's really important. I think obviously getting into this prep for all the right reasons is important. Um, but just, you know, pay attention like uh, to what actual hunger is for you, what your actual like hunger signals are and how you know when you're full. I think the great thing about actually doing a prep is you actually know what hungry is by the end of that prep, you get an idea of what hung true hunger actually feels like. Um, and also the extreme end of fullness as well. If you've gone through a prep and you get towards those later stages, maybe you're carb loading, you feel pretty full because it's a lot of food going in. Um, and maybe perhaps some of you have had that post-show rebound as well. So it is a bit of a learning, learning experience in itself going through the prep. And you might find out a bit more about yourself and understanding what true hunger actually is when you go through the process. But I do think having a general understanding, if you, you're noticing that you can't control that before you begin prep, you can't control that level of hedonic hunger, then I wouldn't go into it. It's going to set you up like to be in not a very good spot by the end of the prep. Um, so the start point is key, um, mainly from the point of view that you've got some basic understanding of nutrition, you know your um, own hunger signals, your own satiety cues, um, you, uh, you, you're you in a good spot or good relationship with food as well. So that's key to tick off before you begin. Now let's talk about the diet itself, like how can you actually set yourself up for success throughout that whole prep? Now, Again, I don't really want to mention too much about macro changes or like the changes you're going to make in in this podcast because again, that's very individual dependent and it depends on the person that I'm working with or depends on myself what sort of changes we're going to be making throughout that whole prep. So really, I want to just kind of go through the basis of the the structure and the sort of maybe sort of foods um, that you typically want to include. So. I would say for the most part, the diet is going to have to consist of mainly whole single ingredient foods. Um, just because these are more nutritionally dense, 
They will be best at meeting your health needs. They're going to help to support your performance in your sessions. Um, obviously, if you're eating more of these, they're going to keep you more satiated, so lead to better longer-term adherence throughout the whole diet. Um, but that being said, right, those whole foods need to be enjoyable. So you need to be eating in such a way that that is enjoyable. So I wouldn't suggest just like having meals of plain, bland chicken, broccoli and rice. Can you look to make that a bit creative? So I like to add in um, now during a prep, obviously, we need to be careful with like adding in seasonings and stuff because a lot of these have extra calories. A lot of them will push your sodium up when having like control over your sort of sodium uh, levels is going to be important during and throughout that prep, especially towards the later stages. So I, I always suggest add in certain sort of seasonings, things like chili powders, garlic, um, herbs, these sort of things. When you can clearly look up the back and it doesn't have any additional calories on it. Paprika was one of my favorite ones. So add these in, make your, your food flavorful um you you don't need to just like have uh sort of like chicken broccoli and rice you can make it into like some sort of stir fry so typically i would like with my sort of chicken meals i would just mix everything in the pan together and mix the chicken and mix the rice this is another thing like veggie intake right one thing i didn't really track throughout the prep was veggie intake i would just keep that consistent day to day now if you're someone who's really caught up in that maybe you do want to track that but for me i would just keep consistent i wouldn't tend to really weigh it that much i would just say um i'm gonna have this amount i'm gonna have like two mushrooms in this meal i'm gonna have this amount of green veg roughly speaking and I'm going to keep that consistent throughout the whole prep, right? And I didn't track that. That wasn't sort of part of my nutrition on my plan. That wasn't a part of the nutrition. But add in some variety with your veg, mix things up because it it will make, make your food taste better. And again, I think it's important that you are actually enjoying the food you're eating to, to actually stick to it, um, even if it is coming from a variety of different whole foods. Um. I would also suggest mi mixing up the salty foods with the sweet foods as well. So having a combination, I know for myself throughout prep, uh, I crave mainly sort of sweet, sweeter foods towards the later end. So a lot of my meals will actually look a lot sweeter, but find that, that balance. Um, and that's going to in itself help to, um, help you to adhere to it and actually enjoy the diet a lot better as well. Towards the beginning, earlier stages, um, you know, if you were used to having some sort of processed foods towards the later stages of your bulk, don't eliminate them completely. You might want to, like, your starting point of prep, you're not going to go immediately down to that low end of calories. You're making small adjustments to the food. So you can keep some of those, like, tasty, high palatable foods right at the beginning, especially when... Um, hunger isn't that high and it's the likelihood that you're going to kind of um, go overboard in those foods or overeat those foods is very low right at the beginning. Towards the end, I would say you need to cut those foods out, right? And it needs to very much be single whole ingredient foods as much as you can. Um, but I would say keep some of them in. I certainly keep in like, obviously towards the end, like protein powder in itself is 
there's quite a lot of ingredients in a protein powder nowadays like there's a lot of sweeteners and stuff but again that was enjoyable that that kept me kept me going I looked forward to that meal and I wasn't going to tend to overeat on protein powder you know I felt quite full obviously you are going to want to keep your protein intake pretty high throughout you don't you're not going to want to drop off protein that's what's going to help us to retain muscle throughout so um yeah i would say keep a little bit but obviously towards the later stages we're going to want to try and um drop that down um and i do think actually keeping a bit of processed food in at the beginning can help adherence because it's going to reduce those cravings towards that type of food early on in the prep um and then obviously towards those later stages of prep, you're going to want to make sure that, you know, a lot of the foods that you're having are low calorie dense foods that are going to create a lot of volume in your meals. So as I said, veggies, keep the veggie intake consistent throughout, um, bulk up your meals with the veggies. I like to I like to do the big stir fries, whereas adding in the veggies with the rice and the chicken. And that felt like a big voluminous hearty meal for me. Another great one for me was low fat yogurt. Uh, I use the, so I have a, I think I have a slight dairy intolerance, but now that I'm in my off season, I'm eating plenty of Greek yogurt and not getting any issues with it. So it's probably all in my head more than anything. Um, but I would have Alpro soya yogurt, which was very good calorie wise. It was, um, it was pretty high volume and, and next to no calories in, in a tub of that. So I would have a tub of that pretty much every training day and that was a big bowl of yogurt so low again very um low calorie dense but creates a lot of volume um egg whites are great towards those later stages i would always try and keep an egg in there as well towards the later stages just to keep the nutrition coming in because one thing that you will tend to do as you go through those later stages of the prep is obviously as you're cutting food down you've got less of a pool to choose from from food sources you're going to cut down on your micronutrition as well and that's where health issues could arise more so towards those later stages obviously you're you're already in a prone state being that low body fat you don't want to make that worse so you do actually want to keep in some good micronutrition and obviously keeping a whole egg in there so i wouldn't just go strictly to egg whites i would still keep a whole egg even in those later stages of prep even when fats were getting extremely low as well um but what that's going to do with those sort of uh low calorie sort of dense voluminous foods it's just going to keep you your stomach fill it's going to keep you more satiated throughout um, getting in the veggies, plenty of fiber, again, plenty of micronutrition is going to be brilliant as well um, towards those later stages. My next point is you need to follow a daily meal structure, um, whether that be a dietary plan or a meal structure in terms of meal set out with macros and timings roughly. You don't need to hit to, to the nail, but rough timings of meals is going to be important because um, it's predictability right you know your body gets into that routine it knows when it's hungry it knows when to feel full after the meal and if it's all over the place and i did this during my first prep i was calorie counting macro counting but sometimes i wouldn't keep the structure the same i'd be play a game with myself um where i'd be like i'm going to leave all my calories towards the end of the day because that's uh, i'm going to try and challenge that hunger and i'm going to try and eat it all in that last serving so i've got loads of food at the end of the day and generally speaking all that would make me do is want to eat more and more and sometimes i would cave on the diet so having that daily meal structure in place 
having a meal set, um, you know, three hours apart, whatever, um, will just keep the consistent level of sort of satiety throughout the whole day. I think that's so important and not to bunch all the, f- the food together. That's a really common mistake I see uh, first timers make. So consistency with the diet in terms of when the meals are planned out, you know, have that meal one, have that pre-workout meal, have the post-workout meal, have your evening meal, and perhaps I would have typically five, I think, yeah, five meals. So I'd have that evening meal. And then afterwards, I'd have like my yogurt before going to bed, like an hour before bed. And typically that's another thing people say, don't eat too close to bed. In a diet, when you're hungry, um, I think eating a little closer to that bedtime window is important because it's going to help your sleep. You're not going to be waking up in the night completely starving. You're not going to bed on an empty stomach. Um, in a gaining phase, I would push that back a little bit. So you don't want to have that last meal too close because you are eating a lot of food and that in itself could impact on your sleep. You might get um, sort of like heartburn. Typically, if I eat too close to bed in a gaining phase, I'll get heartburn um, with that like food kind of coming coming back up. Uh, I know that sounds grim, um, but yeah, that will wake me up and I won't get as good a night's sleep. So I try and keep that last meal as far as I can from bedtime when I'm in a gaining phase and a prep a little bit different. Your stomach's, you not got as much food going through you. So I think it can help. Um, it is, it does have that sort of meal structure, that meal plan it has to be something that you consistently stick to something that you enjoy, something that's going to eliminate any sort of de- de- uh, decision fatigue. That's another big point of just having a meal structure. You're not thinking, you're not going on my fitness pal and thinking about, hmm, what can I eat to fit these macros? Um, having that structure in place will allow you to stay on track. Um, personally for myself, following an exact meal plan is good, but making sure all those meals I actually like and enjoy and look forward to. Remember, it does have to work for you. So what might work for me might not necessarily work for you. Um, The other thing I would say, like I mentioned it there, and I, I said I'm not going to go too much into um, like sort of the, the changes you're going to make um, macro-wise, but I will go slightly generally into what you're probably going to take food away from um, and what you're going to keep high throughout. So protein um, you need to make sure that remains high throughout the prep. Um, protein also has the highest satiety reading out of all those macronutrient groups. So that's going to help you to, to maintain muscle throughout the duration of that prep. Um, so it's super important. That's a really important one to keep high. Um, so, you know, the, the literature says somewhere around that 2.33.1 grams per kilogram of lean body mass for us bodybuilders. Typically, I I usually go in the high end. Um, it's not going to harm you to eat slightly more, um, especially if that keeps you more satiated. Um, and it's just going to help to, again, meet those recovery demands um, and sort of help with that increased sort of expenditure, that, that sort of, um, I guess, almost catabolic state you go in towards the later stages of prep. So important to keep that high throughout. Carbohydrates, uh, is largely a lot of our changes are going to be made to carbohydrates, um, but obviously we don't want to drop that too too low because that's going to impact on performance um, and potentially a loss of, of muscle. So your carbohydrates need to be largely centered around that workout window, one, to fuel that performance, and then two, to aid the recovery post-workout, replenish depleted glycogen from your workout, 
So I would say, you know, around about 40-50% of the diet is coming from those carbohydrates, but it will drop lower, uh, obviously, towards the later stages of prep. And the changes you make need to be usually out, out with the, the sort of workout window to begin with. And then as you get into the later stages of the diet, then you probably are going to have to drop carbohydrates from that workout, either side of that workout window. Um, one thing to note is like a lot of people, and, and I actually saw a post on this on Instagram the other day, um, a lot of people will um, try and keep cereal post-workout because it's fast-acting carb. You want to have fast-acting carbs post-workout. During a prep, like you do not want that. You want something that's going to keep you satiated. Um, so I always had like oats post-workout or oats around that workout window because of the fiber content, keep me fuller for longer. If you've got like 80 grams of cereal going in that post-workout and that's like 50% of your carbohydrate intake for the later stage of diet, there's no way you're going to stick to that. You, you, you're going to feel hungry. And really at the later stages, what's also important is your sanity and your sort of mentality to keep going. And if you are hungry at any point, if you're not, if you're not addressing your hunger by having cereal post workout, then you're going to really, really struggle and it could have an impact on the look even, and you could go off your diet. So I wouldn't recommend that you could keep it in right at the beginning of prep, but then I would tend to switch it out for a more satiating carb source towards the later stages. What about fat intake? Um, so changes to dietary fat can made uh, can drop quite low, um, but do remember there needs to be a minimum threshold of fat. That's why I also sort of mentioned that um, when I'm sort of dropping my egg intake, normally I'll start with maybe three eggs in that meal one, and that'll drop to one egg and egg whites around that. I still keep that egg yolk in just for the dietary fats and the benefits of that. Um, obviously dietary fats are going to be there to support your hormonal functions, regular body functions. And again, that can also help to preserve lean muscle tissue. So it is important to have dietary fats coming in. If you drop them out completely, your health markers, are, are you, you're really going to suffer. So don't, don't, don't go below a minimum threshold with that. For me, typically, again, it's going to be different depending if you're male or female, uh, individual dependent as well. But for me, typically, I wouldn't go below around about 30 grams of fat towards the later stage. And that's pretty low. I know some people that drop lower than that. But again, that's what's specific to me. Uh, another important point to mention um, that helps you stay on track is just staying well hydrated across the day. This is going to not only aid in your performance, your recovery and carb hunger um, by keeping your stomach full, um, but hydration is also going to be important um, for sort of electrolyte balance. So I'm not just talking about just drinking water, but making sure you're getting plenty of high potassium food sources and you are getting a salt intake going through. We are doing a lot of expense throughout the day. We're going to be sweating a lot. A lot of sodium is going to be lost. It's important to have that that in the diet just for um, muscle, the functioning of your muscles and your brain as well, especially in those later stages of prep when you, you know, you are getting that brain fog and if you're going to have to function perform throughout the day as a coach as well if you're a coach or you've got a regular job then it's important that you're keeping that high and it's important that we're getting those electrolytes in to create a pump as well like so you know and this is this is probably a podcast or another time but you know during peak week 
and the importance potentially of sodium and potassium manipulation towards those later stages to create a certain look with the mu uh, with muscle fullness um, and helping to deliver carbohydrates into the muscle. So there's a trifecta there. There's you want water going in, you want sodium, potassium, and you want carbohydrates to, to fill that muscle out. Um, but that's, that's again, a conversation for another time. And I won't go into that too much, but hydration comes from water intake uh, throughout the day. And you'll find that that probably needs to increase as you go through prep. Um, again, just to, just because food is a lot lower as well, it's going to keep you fuller, but also just to aid with the amount of, um, or to offset the amount of expenditure you're doing as well and the amount of potential fluid loss that's uh, happening as a result of that expenditure. Um, but also, again, your your sodium and potassium balance needs to be in there too. You need, you need the two for hydration. So you need water and the electrolyte balance too. And you can just get like electrolyte powders if you want. But for me personally, I just made sure my, my diet was rich in high potassium foods and I was getting salt in every single meal as well. Uh, another big one and another, another sort of lesson for me is caffeine. Um, just making sure that that doesn't go up and up and up during prep to try and survive off very low food. Um, it inevitably is going to go up a little bit towards the later stages, but don't reach a point where that could have a negative impact on your sleep, uh, potentially even on your health. So there's times towards in my first prep, I remember having like, I think I had eight cups of coffee in one day and I started getting heart palpitations. Uh, I started not feeling very well at all, dizzy. Um, and my sleep was all like all over the shop. My last prep was brilliant. I, I pretty much stuck to having two. I think I maybe reached the peak of about three cups of coffee. And I don't typically drink energy drinks. I think maybe the later stages I had like one, one energy drink every like two or three days. Um, but I typically would just kind of keep like two or three coffees, still try and keep a cut off time about two, three p.m. towards those later stages, uh, and my sleep wasn't too bad throughout that whole prep. It was pretty good. Obviously, sleep is your biggest recovery tool, um, and it's important that we are protecting that throughout the prep. So don't let your caffeine intake just ramp up towards those later stages. Be really, really cautious of that. Um, and I think that's pretty much all I wanted to mention without getting too much into details and changing sort of like your carbohydrate intakes or like the macro changes you make throughout. I think that's really all I wanted to cover in this podcast It's helpful tips. It's all my lessons that I've learned and um, everything that you probably should take a note of if you want to stay adherent to a diet throughout the, the duration of 20 to 30 weeks or however long your prep or cut is. So guys, I hope that helped. Um, if you have any more questions on this or if there's anything that helps you in terms of your diet, please drop me a message. I'd like to hear from you. And um, yeah, as always, you can always reach out for help. Drop me a message on Instagram. Uh, the link will be down below. Thanks once again, guys, and stay tuned for the next episode.